Good afternoon. It's so wonderful to be back here with you this afternoon. It's extremely pleasant to have our visitors with us. We're so thankful for their uh, for their attendance and for them being here. And it's wonderful to see some uh, some lovely faces that we haven't seen in quite a while. And we we're just always pleased to see all of our members out here uh, uh, at every chance that they have. As uh, as Eric read this this evening, we're going to be speaking about forgiveness. Um, I've been thinking about this quite a bit mainly due to our Bible reading. As we've been reading through the Bible, about, I don't know, maybe two and a half, three weeks ago, we were reading through Genesis, uh, around Genesis 32, and we read of the account of Jacob and Esau. And in this account, we read of Esau forgiving Jacob. And I don't know about you, but I kind of stopped and thought about that for a minute and thought, why did he do that? Why did he forgive Jacob? How did he do that? You know, Jacob had done a lot to him to, to cause him not to want to forgive him. You know, when we stop and think about what he had done, you know, just going back, the first thing I recall is Jacob forcing Esau to sell his birthright. You know, he, he comes in and he's, he's hungry and he wants food and, and, and Jacob says, well, I'll give you food, but you've got to sell me your birthright first. Now, this is just speculation. I, I, this is my own speculation. I don't believe that Esau really was serious when he sold his birthright. Maybe kind of the idea of, you know, whatever. I'm just hungry. Give me the food. And, you know, never, didn't really give too much thought into it. We do read that he treated it with contempt. And so he might not have been thinking about it the way he was, but I kind of have this picture of a brother with his fingers crossed behind his back saying, yeah, yeah, you can have my birthright. Just give me the food. But nonetheless, think of the pain that that would have caused your own brother. Uh, your, your own flesh and blood, and you tell, go to him with this, you know, I'm hungry, I'm very hungry, I'm starving. And he says, sure, I'll give you some food, food that I have, but you've got to do something for me first. You know, that doesn't show a lot of love. Uh, and so that had to have been hard to hear. And as we continue on, we, we see that uh, he, he continues to mistreat his brother. As, as Esau is away hunting, Jacob tricks their father. Uh, into giving him Esau's blessing, and his, or yeah, to giving Esau's blessing in his birthright, and which is kind of like his inheritance, if you will. And so, not only now has has he done this, he's played this trick on their father, which must have must have angered Esau, but especially that he gave away what was rightfully Esau's. He got what what belonged to him. To say that Esau was upset would be an understatement. Now, I've been pretty mad at my brother before. We we've. We've had a, a up and down relationship, and there's been times where I've been pretty upset. But I don't, can't remember ever a time where I, I hated my brother to the point that I schemed of killing him. That's what it says that Esau did. It said that Esau hated Jacob, and he began to think of ways to which he could kill Jacob. <clears throat> so amidst all this anger, amidst all this bitterness... How is it then that Esau reacts the way he does when he meets Jacob in the desert? These 20-odd years later, he reacts with forgiveness. He forgives him for the things that he's done. And that is a powerful, powerful example for us today. We need to pay attention to that, and we need to try and model and mold our own attitudes over that same thing. As we read, as Eric read for us, Mark 11, 25, and 26, Christ calls us to forgive one another. So I want to examine that idea a little bit more. Uh, time and time again, we see Christ calling us to do this by command, by example. Jesus always taught to forgive us, but what does it mean to forgive? What exactly does that mean? The Greek word for forgive is aphiemi. 
Afiemi, that means to give up, to keep no longer, to send away. This is the meaning of this word that we get forgive from. And if you want a more, more easy to understand definition, we can turn to old Mr. Webster. He gives us the definition to give up resentment against, to give up the desire to punish, to stop being angry with, to pardon. This is forgiveness. So let's spend a little time this evening looking at why we must answer the call to forgive. And the first thing I want to point out is that it is taught by Jesus. This is, a, this is something that Jesus taught. Look in Matthew 6. Matthew 6 and verse 14 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught about praying. In verse 14 and 15 we read in this prayer, this model prayer that He, that he gave us, "...for if you forgive men their trans- your trespasses..." Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So Jesus has these teachings on us about how important forgiveness is. Without us forgiving others, God is not going to forgive forgive ourselves. Luke 17, in verse 3, goes on. He talks some more and teaches some more on forgiveness. In Luke 17 and in verse 3, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. So he's instructing his disciples here. Not only when he was teaching on prayer, he was teaching to forgive. When he was instructing his disciples, he was continuing to teach to forgive. In fact, turn back over to Matthew now. And we're going to look in Matthew 18 where he's still instructing his disciples He's still teaching on forgiveness. And in verse 21 and 22 we read, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Now we we understand that Jesus wasn't setting up a... uh, I got a typo on my PowerPoint, I apologize. He wasn't setting up a... A number to which you are to forgive X amount of times, seven times seventy. If I if I did good in school, I'd rattle that number off real quick for you. I believe it's four hundred and something. Uh, it, that that's not what Jesus was doing here, in, in the least. Uh, but he was saying that no matter how many times a brother messes up, no matter how many times a brother comes to you seeking forgiveness, you need to forgive him. And then he goes on to tell them this story to help them understand forgiveness better. This uh, parable of the unforgiving servant. I'm sure we've all heard it before. We're going to start reading in verse 23. 23 says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So we understand right off the bat we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. And this king from the kingdom of heaven is going to represent God. And we the servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one who was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay his master, commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, I have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So we see the master of this servant forgiving him of the 10,000 talents which he owed um, or which he owed to him. So we carry on. And it says in, uh, in verse 31, so, so when his, or excuse me, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Uh, in verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. 
And he laid on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down to his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I, I will pay you all. And he would not, but went out and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what, he had, what had been done, they were very grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Just a little bit of comparison. The, the, in, in, verse 20, um, in verse 28, when it says he, he owed him a hundred denarii, that's not a lot. That's not a lot of money. I believe that was about a day's worth of wages. That wasn't a whole lot compared to the 10,000 talents that he owed the master. The master forgave much, and he was unwilling to forgive even just a little. And what we see from this in this parable, Jesus is teaching the importance of forgiveness, the importance that is laid on this by God, and that God is not going to forgive us. Even though God forgives much, if we hold on and we can't forgive even a little, God is not going to forgive us that much. In fact, it says here that he lays it back on to this servant when he would not be forgiving. And that's, how, that's some things that are commanded to us by Jesus. But Paul also, Paul also commanded some things in the uh, Ephesian letter. When he writes to the Ephesians in chapter 4 and in verse 32, Paul says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We talked this morning about how Jesus, we, we find Jesus through the epistles. This is, this is Paul teaching, but these are Jesus' words. These are his teachings coming through Paul. I should say it the other way. It's Paul's words, but it's Jesus' teaching. And the same thing is done in Colossians. Colossians 3 and in verse 13. When again we read, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. For those, for those who are forgiven, or for those who seek forgiveness, we must remember that forgiving others is absolutely necessary. It is taught by commands, but it is also taught by example. Jesus teaches this this example as He was being crucified on the cross. He looks down and says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Stephen teaches us this example as he was being stoned. He looks down and says, Lord, forgive them. They do not know what they do. He says, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Both these cases uh, show the willingness to forgive by Jesus. The willingness to forgive by Stephen. Stephen, the first martyr, he's, they, they both show this spirit of forgiveness and they both exemplify it. Forgiving others is what Christ desires, but it is not human nature. We need to make sure that we're very clear on that. A, uh, a man by the name of Alexander Pope, I don't think there's any relation, but a man by the name of Alexander Pope had this, this statement. He said, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. How can we exhibit this divine nature, this nature that Christ had. This next thing I want to look at is how can we practice forgiveness? One of the first things is we have to learn it. As I said, it's not human nature. We have to learn forgiveness. And it helps us to remember why we must, why we must forgive. As we read in Matthew 6, we cannot be forgiven unless we forgive others. 
And in fact, Matthew 18 told us that the unforgiving person would be punished. But also look over in James chapter 2. James chapter 2 and in verse 13 We read, let no one say when he is tempted, I am not tempted by God. I'm in James 1, excuse me. James 2 and verse 13, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James is making this very clear here, how important forgiveness, how important mercy is. All this is because vengeance doesn't belong to us. So oftentimes we want to think that it does, but Romans tells us vengeance is not ours, but vengeance is God's. Romans 12 and verse 19 Romans 12, starting in verse 19, says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For as it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We're supposed to have this forgiving heart. And it helps us to remember whenever someone has wronged us, whenever someone has hurt us, whenever someone has done something that, that we just know is wrong and they shouldn't have done it, but they did it anyway, and we are feeling the, the, just the pain of that, let us remember that it's not our job to get even. It's not our job to make them pay. It's our job to forgive them. It's our job to repay evil with kindness. It's our job to be an example, to be Christ-like to them as well. It also helps us to remember, as we try to forgive, that sin, uh, sin against ourselves is absolutely nothing compared to our sin against the Father. As we remember back to that parable of the unforgiving servant and how much he was forgiven, how much he owed compared to what was owed him. They weren't even on the same, on the same pay scale. If we were to try to put them on a scale, it would, it would just be so off-sided. The, the sins that we have committed against the Lord are so much greater than anything that anyone could ever do to us. It's important for us to remember that. It's important for us to remember that and then remember that we are called to follow the example of Christ. As we, as we read in Ephesians 4, 32, but also in light of Ephesians 5. Look back over there for just a moment. If you remember, Ephesians 4.32, we read, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. But look right down now in verse 5, the first verses of of chapter 5. So therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. When When we think of people who have sinned against us, let's remember our sin against God, our sin against Christ, and still what He was willing to do, even though we were in that sinful state. How He was willing to give Himself for us. How He was willing to, to be that, that propitiation for God. We do well to remember that. In fact, Romans 13.8 tells us that we should, instead of offering vengeance, Romans 13 verse 8 tells us we should offer sympathy. Romans 13.8 says, Owe no one anything, <clears throat> excuse me, owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves has fulfilled the law. Let's have that love for others instead of having that anger and that, that bitterness from something that they might have slighted us in. 
But it also helps, and I wanted to put these up here, and these are, these are secular. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. But it helps to remember some practical reasons why we should forgive. And all these come from the Mayo Clinic website. Uh, forgiveness brings about a healthier relationship. Forgiveness brings about a greater spiritual and psychological well-being. Forgiveness helps to lower anxiety, stress, and hostility. Forgiveness helps to lower blood pressure. It helps to, to lessen the symptoms of depression. Forgiveness helps to build up the immune system and make it stronger. It helps to improve our heart health, and it helps to create a higher self-esteem. Now, just on a practical level, I don't, can't think of anybody that looks at this list and says, yeah, I could do without uh, healthier relationships. I could do without a stronger immune system. The heart health, I don't need that. I could do without that. These are all things that are very practical for us to remember that holding on to grudges, holding on to past slights, they're hurting us spiritually, but they're hurting us physically as well. They're tearing us down and just letting that go. Forgiving the person can bring so much more health to our body, spiritually and physically. In fact, the spirit and willingness to forgive, it's something that increases as we grow in Christ. The next thing we see is in, in, you know, that's in learning forgiveness. That's how we learn it. But the next thing we want to look at is how do we express forgiveness? How do we express forgiveness to others? Well, Luke 17, verse 3 and 4, it does tell us in this passage that we should express forgiveness whenever someone repents. So we read just a minute ago, Luke 17, and in verse 3, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. We need to be re- forgiving those who repent. That brings the question, can we forgive those who haven't asked for it? Can we forgive those who, who don't seek repentance? And it's very true, very true, that God requires repentance. Turn over to Acts Acts chapter 2, we'll go through these kind of quickly. Acts 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So to receive the remission of sins, repentance was required. Acts 3 and verse 19. We read, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Again, repentance is required by God to have sins removed. Acts 17 and verse 30. Acts 17 and verse 30, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Yes, God requires repentance to remove sin. But something that we must remember is we are not God. We are not God. We are not that type of judge. Turn over to James chapter 4. James chapter 4, and look in verse, uh, verse 11, starting in verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? What this is saying to us is there is only one true judge. God knows the hearts of men. God is that perfect judge, and His judgment is going to be perfect, and our judgment is going to be prone to be full of mistakes. We must remember that only God can forgive the guilt of sin. 
Only God can take away the guilt of sin. Only we can do is give up grudges. We can forgive the grudges of others. Not only, when we only hurt ourselves if we decide that we're going to hold on to these grudges. So we do well to remember Mark 11 as we read, and we will read again here in just a moment, Mark 11, 25 and 26. As we pray, forgive. That's what Jesus said. As you pray, forgive. That doesn't necessarily mean as you pray and the person came and repented, then forgive. It says as you pray, forgive, not wait. We need to model ourselves after Jesus. Jesus who forgave those while he was on the cross without repentance. We need to model ourselves after Stephen, a person who forgave those who were stoning him. We look at those instances and we didn't see them saying, I need to wait until you repent of these actions. We see, we see people who said, I'm not going to hold this in my heart. I'm not going to hold on to this bitterness. I'm not going to hold on to this anger and this resentment of these people. I'm giving it up. And see, some people have a hard time doing that. They have a hard time doing that because of this phrase that we, that we use. And I understand the way, reason we use it, but sometimes we use it to the detriment of ourselves. Some say it's hard to, it's hard to forgive because I can never forget. Forgiveness, or forgive and forget. That's the, the phrase we use all the time. And, and, and as I said, I do understand why we use that. Henry Ward Beecher had this quote, I can forgive, but I cannot forget is only a way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note, torn in two and burned up so that it would never be shown against one. But what is it we are forgetting? That's the important thing that we need to stop and think about. I'll tell you a story, and I can't show it to you because it's further up. I can show you a little bit of it, but there's a scar on my arm here. And I remember how I got that scar. It happened roughly about 15 years ago. Um, Me and my brother were unsupervised and had a, a box full of army men and a lighter. And so we're melting army men on the back porch. And, and I'm holding them with pliers, and uh, mom and dad came home. And so my brother, who's standing beside me, and we're just watching army men melt, as much fun as that is. And I said, quick, blow it out. And so he ran around the table, and he blew it out on me. And all that hot, molten plastic that's on fire landed on my arm, and it burned all down the side of my arm. And it hurt. And, and, and it looked like it went to the bone. It was so white. It, just, it looked awful. And I was mad. I was very mad at him. I kept asking myself, why did you walk around the table? Why did you not just blow that out where you're standing there? Why did you blow it out right at me? What were you thinking? And I bet he probably said he was sorry. 20, 100 times. I didn't remember. He said he was sorry a bunch. And, and, and did he need to say it more than once? No. Was I mad? Yes, but I forgave him. Maybe not at first. I was young, but I did forgive him. But I'll never, ever forget what that scar means. I'll never look down on it and and, and go, I can't understand where that scar came from. I remember it, but I don't remember the anger. I don't remember the resentment. I don't want to punish him as I did right in that moment. I forgot the anger I felt, and I replaced that with the remembrance that he's a human, just like me. And I've made dumb mistakes, and he just made one too. 
And that's what, it, that's what this forgiving and forgetting is all about. That's what we need to do, is forgetting is letting go of the resentment and knowing, knowing that I'm imperfect. And, and knowing that, I prefer to be as forgiving as possible because I know that God has a lot to forgive me for. <clears throat> I hope you have considered this evening why it is important to forgive others, to receive forgiveness from God. If you want it, you had better be ready to give it. To follow the example of Christ and of His early disciples. I ask you this evening, is there someone in your life, is there someone that you desperately need to forgive? Don't wait. In fact, Jesus put so much emphasis on this that in Matthew 5.22, He said, before you worship, forgive. Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First to be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. That's how important He places forgiveness. The call to forgive is coming in. Answer it. Ask yourself, is your heart on silent? Are you blocking the call to forgive? Is your heart on vibrate, and are you ignoring it? We need to remember what we read earlier, Mark 11. That's not the right one. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. As I said earlier, only God can forgive the guilt of sin. Do you desire that this afternoon? You can start to receive that forgiveness by choosing to follow Him. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. I want to ask this evening, is there some way that we can assist you today? Is there something that you have been struggling with? We can pray for you. We can help you. And we stand ready to do so. Whatever you may need, won't you please come forward now as we stand and sing the song Logan has selected.